Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to The Parenthood. As we emerge from lockdown, many of us have acquired new skills from having had to unexpectedly work from home with little time for preparation. The workplace is abuzz with stories of how this new kind of working has resulted in greater productivity, resulting in the fact that some companies are talking about working from home for the foreseeable future. It also means that for many parents who've long campaigned for more flexible working conditions, the goalposts have been moved with hard evidence that working from home works. But can we harness this for good? And what does our enforced working from home mean for parents? And can it mean greater flexibility for those who need it? With me today, I have Sarah Gerth, a senior HR professional who, after a decade of working within the financial services sector, experienced the struggle firsthand of trying to balance a rewarding career with being a mother. Seeing she was not alone and realising the value of professional and impartial advice for new mothers navigating the workspace, she now supports mothers in their quests for working conditions that work alongside being a mother. Sarah, thank you so much for being here today remotely. Thank you. Nice to be here. So I just I'd love to talk about working from home. Do you think it is it has worked for most people? I mean, it was something we were all quite scared of because it was suddenly foisted on us from one day to the next. We all had to work from home. And I think there was a lot of anxiety and a bit of a sort of mad kind of struggle for, oh, my God, can this work? But reflecting on, you know, over three months now of, of people working from home, do you think, broadly speaking, it has worked for most people? Yeah, I mean, I think it's like you say, it was something that many people had thought about, thought they might want to do. But then it was it was sort of foisted upon us and it was more like a crisis sort of reaction. We had to, it wasn't that we, we planned it. But I think that so many people seem to have, you know, really actually enjoyed it and found that it has many benefits and pluses for them, for their families. But, you know, I think it's been a combination really of, of, of that enjoyment. But then obviously we didn't know how long it was going to go on for. It wasn't planned for. So there have certainly been challenges for people as well. And I think that doing, having to do homeschooling for many alongside that was, again, it was crisis management, basically. And it might, again, have been something some people thought, oh, maybe I would homeschool my child. But when you're made suddenly, you have to work from home and you have to homeschool. It's, it's very much reactionary. And that was, that was certainly challenging. Well, and as a lot of people said, you know, homeschooling was not what we did. Homeschooling is making that decision, getting organised, working out how it's going to work. And suddenly we were told, right, education's on you. But it was, you know, we were chucked in at the deep end. You know, usually with working from home, you know, you have a chance to prepare. Your your childcare or education is, is sorted. And suddenly everyone had to do everything. And I do think that put a huge amount of pressure on people. 
Yeah, I think so. And I think that it's amazing, though, how, how well people have sort of handled it. And I think that it's sort of been a testament to, to the general population in terms of, of, the, of the reaction and how people have found sort of amazing ways to, to work with it. And, and like we've said, sort of found some pleasure in it as well and found that maybe the pace of life for them slowed down. They could maybe not, no longer have to have such a long commute to work, for example, and use that time differently. And I think, you know, also having more time at home with, with children for people with, with families has been, has been a positive. I'm sure, you know, many have, have as I did, went slightly insane at certain points. But I think that, you know, we, we've all developed more skills under lockdown, actually. You know, stamina, strength, determination, and, and the not knowing of when... Ability to focus in, yeah. in not the most perfect situations. Yeah, and not knowing when something's going to end. It's like, if you look at anything, you know, that that not knowing is, is really hard psychologically. Thinking, well, you know, how, we, there's no end date to this. So we've just got to get on with it, really, and, and find a way around it. So... Do you think, I mean, I, I've, I've always got the impression that the workplace is often quite unforgiving to mothers. There's this idea that, you know, you have to almost pretend not to be a mother when you're in the workplace. You couldn't, you can't, you know, you can't say, well, I'm not coming in today because my child's not ill. That's sort of regarded as a bit weak. Yep. Do you think that being forced to work from home has made the workplace appreciate maybe a bit more that actually being a parent is an important part of who a person is, but it doesn't necessarily need to mean that you're less of a good worker. Yeah. And do you, I wonder whether the workplace is, is a bit more forgiving for that, because they've had to be. Absolutely. I mean, I think that things were changing anyway. You know, I, I was seeing that through the maternity coaching that I do, that companies were becoming more flexible. They were allowing people to work from home more and seeing that as, as a positive. But I think that, yeah, now companies will have to, to look at that and they will have to sort of change the way the way they work because people have proven that they can do it not just not just women but men but you know everybody has has proven that they can they can do it really and so i think that they will you know need to look at different policies on working from home you know when i when i've been working with women in coaching coaching new mums they will often go back go back and apply for flexible working and you know some companies will agree to it some will say yes but not you know we can accommodate it, but not completely. So there's got to be a compromise. So it will be interesting. But I do know now that HR departments are having to look at how they accommodate working from home for everybody. And I think it's going to be harder if somebody applies to work from home for them to say no, because many people have proven that they can do it and it can, it can work. So it will be interesting to see what happens now for everybody, really. So yeah, Because, I mean, working from home is... It has worked, hasn't it? You know, most businesses, I, I have spoken to so many people who've said, you know, my productivity has increased. You know, I've got a friend who works in sales, so it's all about the figures. And her figures have gone up during lockdown. And that's partly because she's in a business that, you know, they, their services were needed during lockdown. But she also said, you know, gone is my hour each way commute every day. I'm a happier person. I'm better at working. I'm more focused because I just have a much better quality of life, getting rid of that commute and also being in that big sort of office. Office, office culture. Yeah, and I think that it, it has been challenging for some people in terms of, you know, there's, there's two sides to it. Obviously, it's great to not have to commute, but, you know, remaining focused at home can be difficult. There's, there's distractions, and obviously people have had distractions that they may not normally have, for example, having to homeschool their children. So it is, it's tough, and I think that 
the people who've succeeded are the people who've probably put in place good routines, good schedules, good working practices. So, for example, they may not they may not be commuting in the morning, but they may go for a walk just to you know make sure that they start their day off having sort of cleared their head and had that little bit of time that they may have actually sometimes enjoyed on the train or, you know. And then I think that also making sure that you have regular breaks and you're moving your body some of the time and you're not just sitting down and ending up, you know, in agony with a bad back or, you know, etc. Because I think it's so easy when you're working from home to sort of actually do more hours and to not have that discipline and to not have those boundaries. So I think it's so important to put those in place. And things like at the end of the day, relaxing, knowing that, you know, you, you do turn off. You don't just continue sitting at your desk until 9 p.m. Because, again, it's very easy to do that. And I saw my husband doing that a little bit. And, and we had to sort of, I said, come on, you know, you wouldn't normally be sitting at your desk till 9 p.m. So let's, let's try and, you know, go for a walk at 6 o'clock or get, get, even if you have to go back and look at some messages, just to get him away. And also making sure you have things like snacks by your desk and you're, you are taking the time out to go and have some you know, food and sit down and, rather than just sort of sitting there the entire day and not, and not getting up, which I, I do think there's a danger in doing that people do do that. So it is having that discipline. And I think for those people... Who and from a physiological point of view, you know, yeah. sitting in one position all day isn't great. Actually, it's, it is important to get up. I'm always saying this to pregnant women, you know, yeah. make sure at least every half an hour you're up and about. And Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think that, yeah, and also maybe just having something to reward yourself at the end of the day, something you enjoy is more important than ever. Obviously, that's important when you're working anyway. But I think just to just to have something to look forward to and... And, and I think the danger at first was that we were all getting on Zoom calls. You know, all of our social interaction was, was via technology. It, we weren't having any face-to-face interaction apart from with our, our families anymore. So I think that can, be, that can be dangerous, you know. So I think that... And, and my husband, for example, was saying that he was finding his calls were just, you know, all day, often without a break, hour upon hour, talking to people online that's that's exhausting in a different sense and it's it's therefore really really important to sort of manage that and to to break that up and maybe try not you know if you don't have to have video calls back to back and you can find different ways of working I think that's really important as well because that can be mentally and and physically draining as a different way of working so I think when people, you know, what they've realised is is when they have a meeting in the Zoom call, you know, the meeting tends to take a lot less time. There's less of the sort of chit-chat, the niceties, the going up, the kind of who would like a sandwich, who would like a coffee, whatever it is. So it means that, you you know, you've got more time to do other things. You know, your meetings are taking less time. And I'm sure also people kind of, you know, realise that half the meetings they had or many of the meetings they had didn't actually need to be ha- happening. They could have just mm-hmm. been, you know, resolved using a using a call. But at the same time, there's that danger that if you, you lose that kind of face-to-face, you are losing some of the, the, the communication, which, you know, which you know is so much more profound if you're sitting opposite one another. Mm-hmm. I mean, do you think people are missing out not being face to face with each other do you think that maybe you miss out on you know small little i don't know interactions mm. that maybe give you a different vibe from uh, from the person you're you're meeting with do you think you know that there's a downside to that absolutely i mean i think that 
many people go to the office to, for, for many reasons. Obviously, they have to, they have to work, but also there is some enjoyment in that. You know, you might have friends, you have some banter, you can discuss things face to face. I know my brother who works in insurance said that during this, he found it very difficult because he's been having to make some quite risky decisions. And usually he'd be able to discuss those with his colleagues, for example, and, and get some reassurance that he was making the right decision on things. And he was really struggling with that. So I think that, yeah, there's, there's all sorts of, there's, there's different angles to it. And maybe it's looking for a balance. Um, you know, I know people who have actually enjoyed working from home so much that they're now saying they want to do that full time. And obviously now offices are starting to reopen. But I think certain you know, companies are sort of allowing people at the moment to choose whether they come in or not. And from what I'm hearing, like I know, for example, Goldman Sachs said that the majority of people were choosing not to come into the office yet. So that's quite interesting. Obviously, some people are still scared with, with the virus, etc. So there's a whole host of things going on. But it's interesting that people are thinking, you know, generally, oh, we've enjoyed this. But I think we have to think about the long-term impact. And as we've said, you know, that's, it, it, it was crisis management. We weren't, we weren't doing this through choice. It'll be interesting to see what happens in the future and whether, you know, people do choose that over, choose working from home over the office where, where possible. But maybe the key is getting a balance there and thinking about your role, you know, could it be done? Could it be that you, you're, you're working from home some of the week and then some of the week you're going in? Because I do think that social interaction is important. And I think that, okay, we've, we've been, what, it's been four months now of this. Four months is, is not long, really. You know, it, se- it seemed like a long time, I'm sure. But, you know, going forward, people will sort of need to, to take their time to assess what they want, probably, and see what works for them. Obviously, companies are going to have to do the same, see what sort of requests are coming in, what, what roles are going to work from home long term and, and what roles won't because obviously many roles won't that some form of social interaction probably is needed and you know be- especially for the younger demographic in a big company imagine yeah. you know for our children there's no workplace imagine yeah. the difference in their life if suddenly yeah. everyone's working from home and they never experience that workplace that has actually been such a fundamental part of our lives and yeah exactly I mean I met my husband at work you know I think that it could, there's a whole host of things, it, issues that could, could arise if we don't have the workplace. I mean, I used to love going to work and, put, and, and I used to actually like getting dressed up for work and wearing something different, you know, to what I would wear at home. And I think those things are changing and, and you know, maybe everyone's different. But, you know, I, I would personally, uh, if I was younger, feel that I was missing out. If I, you know, I, we used to go for drinks on a Friday. It was always, it was fun. That was my main social life when I was younger was, was through work. And that was how I, I met some of my friends who are still my very good friends now. So I think that, you know, there's definitely two sides to it, for sure. But it's, it's probably different, you know, for parents who very often, you know, they're working because they need to, they want to spend time with their children, they're really conflicted that they don't get to see them for bed. So I suppose yeah. it's, it is different demographics within the workplace. Yeah. In terms of the, the cost from working from home, I'm just thinking if, if you're in a situation where your employer says, do you know what, this has worked so well, we've got no plans. I mean, I was talking to someone and they said, you know, one of the, some of the big tech companies aren't planning to go back, you know, till end of 2021 because everything works really well and it, it negates the risk, you know, because I guess companies too are worried about being sued mm-hmm. should there be a coronavirus outbreak Absolutely. within the office and people reluctant to come in. Yep. But if your employer is insisting that you work from home, what about the additional cost? Because 
you know, I think it was one thing to sort of set up a desk in a bedroom, which so many people did during the pandemic crisis. But when that's becoming a little bit more long term, there are actually quite significant costs to working from home. Things like, you know, a lot of people have had to increase their Wi-Fi and we've had to install fiber, which we didn't have before. And mm -hmm. even if it's, you know, buying printers and a proper desk chair and all the things that you take for granted at, at, at work, who bears the cost for that? Is that something you can ask your employer to pay for? Yeah, I mean, if, if uh, yes, <laughs> the, it, for most companies, I, from what I've seen, they've paid for, to, to, for, the, for the equipment so that people can work from home successfully. I think that if, if it's your own business, then you can pay, but then you can, ex you, you can claim that as an expense. So you would get, you know, something from that. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I mean, also, there's the room. You know, there's this yeah. expectation that we all have this home office now, which is a room dedicated to your work, yeah. which, you know, if you live in central London, yeah. the cost of that is really big. Mm -hmm. Is that something employers are considering when they're, they're looking at kind of longer working from home? Is that a conversation that's being having that acknowledgement, especially for the younger people within the workplace who are often are kind of living in shared accommodation? You know, and we know, too, that having setting up a laptop in the corner of your bedroom isn't great in terms of mental health. And yeah. I don't know. I think employers are going to have to look at that. I think it's it's a difficult one. And yeah, as you say, some people just don't have the space for that. And you know, often we see it on calls. People in the background, as we you know, people would be running around, children would be running around, and and people were just having to deal with that. But long term, is that you know going to work? So yeah, that's an interesting question, and I think employers are going to going to have to look at it. And, you know, I was talking to a friend of mine whose uh, husband is a barrister. He was on a very important work call. <laughs> His wife walked into their bedroom naked. Right. <laughs> I saw that. And yeah. she was... She was mortified right. and, and he was a bit cross too. And I just said, you have to, you know, people have to understand that you, we, not all of us have the luxury of having a dedicated office Absolutely. or, a, you know, and if we are expected to work from home suddenly with no preparation, that there actually has to be a slight give and take. And, and I've kind of loved that, you know, there's been, you know, certain BBC um, yes. interviews <laughs> where children have walked in. And what I've loved is that that's sort of been embraced. Absolutely. You know, and, and even, you know, often the, the, the people whose children are walking in, I'm saying, I'm so sorry but then the interviewers are like no no we totally understand you are working from home let's talk about your daughter's yeah. unicorn picture and where that should be and I, I for me that feels like do you remember about two years ago there was that that guy being interviewed in Asia and his 
toddler walked in on one of those baby walkers and everyone yeah. was horrified. And nowadays it's sort of almost embraced and accepted. And I wonder whether that is actually symptomatic of people having a bit of a more of a realistic view of what being a working parent is like, that children aren't predictable. They don't always know when not to come into a room. And that's just, it doesn't ruin your day. It doesn't make your call any less efficient. It just means that this is life. Absolutely, and I, I think that's a real positive. It's it makes everything seem seem a bit more natural and a bit I don't know that that and maybe that's the way the world is going. You know, it doesn't mean you can't yeah. be professional, but you know, including family life and there's there's something nice about that and the acceptance of that. I think. I mean, we had a similar situation where my husband was on a town hall live to five hundred of his because he's um had um he's got the CEO of the company and he was doing this town hall and you know, 500 people are watching live and um, I didn't realise and I, I let I let our one-year-old run into the bedroom and go looking, shouting Dada. And in the end, he actually embraced it because everyone was laughing. So he picked him up and, you know, Griffin said hi to everybody. And he got, he got so much feedback afterwards saying that was a really nice touch, you know, as though he'd done it on purpose, which he certainly hadn't. And he was actually having a go at me saying, Sarah, get him out. What's he doing? You know, but actually that's what people remembered from the town hall and they loved it. And it, and it actually fitted very well with the whole situation because that's what everybody was struggling with. And they could see that even the CEO of the company had the same issue. So, you know, I think it's... it's and, and a man too, yeah, you exactly. know, so often childcare is like the woman's right, domain. Right. And, and, you know, Griffin is the daddy's boy. So uh, he was... He he was, not, he was going to get in on, on daddy's call. So, yeah, it was funny. So. so I'd love to talk about, you know, how to manage working from home. If you're in a situation where you are going to be working from home for the foreseeable future. And obviously, I think, you know, people now have the opportunity to have childcare again. We're not in the midst of the pandemic where no one can come to your house. For many, school is resuming or at least will do in September. So presuming you don't have to deal with the whole childcare element, how can you ensure that working from home works? What do you need to think about? What, what parameters do people need to kind of consider in order to make it a success? So I think, as I touched on, I think it's all about having a sort of schedule for the day, thinking about what's important to you. So, for example, I know some people walk to work and they miss that. So if, if going out for a walk is important, then maybe get up a little earlier, do some exercise, go for a walk before you start your day. I think if you're then going to be sitting at a desk on your own for the entire day, that's, that's more important than ever. I think making sure that your home setup works for you. If you need a different chair, for example, like I know some people have, have got special chairs that work better for them. And obviously making sure you have all of, all of the right equipment. But I know there's also something about looking at your office space and trying to make sure that it's you know, a pleasant space to be in with enough light, enough air, etc. Obviously, that's difficult for some people, you know, as we've said, you're not always going to have the space. Not everybody's going to have their own office. But I think that that if you can find somewhere that sort of makes you feel comfortable and happy I and mean, isn't sort of dark and, I don't know, noisy, etc. I think that's that's really important. Also, I think exact, taking the regular breaks and as we've discussed, not doing all calls on video necessarily if you can find different ways of communicating breaking that up a bit that's really important i know that many people as we touched on have reduced the number of meetings they were having because they started to realize actually are all these meetings necessary i think again having gaps between calls is 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 good and also just making sure that you have snacks healthy snacks preferably but whatever works at your desk probably but also 
moving away from your desk for periods of time during the day, getting some fresh air if you can. I think that's very important for mental and physical health. And I think, as I said, sort of having, having boundaries, really, really having boundaries. And if that means you have to work with your colleagues to communicate to them your boundaries, then that's, that's, that's good and that's important. Managers are having, as we might move on to, but managers are having to look at how, you know, they're now managing in a very different setting. It's very different in an office when you're, you're leading a team to when you're doing it from, from home. So I think leaders are having to look at different skill sets, what's needed to manage a team from, from home. And with, with, you know, remote working for everybody, maybe, that's, that's quite hard. And, and keeping that sort of team spirit going, for example, or just generally communication, is, it's, a different, it's, it's different skills are needed. So You use your kids if you need to, get them to, to <laughs> bomb your, your Zoom call, as your husband yeah, demonstrated exactly. so, so successfully. <laughs> Time to leave, yeah, exactly. Dinner's, get someone to shout, dinner's ready, you know, off you get. So, yeah, exactly. And what about if your employer is a bit resistant to you working from home in the longer term, but you're quite keen to do that? I mean, I know that we've had a conversation in previous podcasts about flexibility for working parents and how often when I see this the whole time on the bump class that, you know, people I see women who are very, very focused on their jobs, find their jobs really stimulating and really want to continue them. But then once they've had children, they do need or want a degree of flexibility. And that can be quite difficult to get. What if you've sort of been working from home, your employer's always been resistant to it, but you've essentially demonstrated that it can work. How would you broach that subject of saying, do you know what, I've shown you that I can work from home. Now that you are starting to require us to come back into the office, I'd really like to have a little bit more flexibility. How do you go about that? I mean, I think, first of all, as we, I sort of touched on before, it's thinking through exactly what will work for you and trying to be balanced because it might be that it's easy to say now oh I've loved working from home I don't want to commute anymore I don't want this I don't want that but actually in time you might miss that you might miss some social interaction so to really thinking through and coming up with a balanced plan that you know something that you'd like to propose to your employer really thinking about your role which is what I always say to women that I coach through maternity leave when they're thinking about working from home and applying for that is thinking think through every aspect of your role what can be done from home and what maybe can't and if there are aspects of the role that do need to be done ideally face to face then it might be that you have a day in the office or two days in the office when you propose to do all those aspects of your role and then the other aspects which might be more administrative or you know task based task focused you could you could do from home so it's it's sort of mapping that out going into lots of detail it's no good just writing I want to work from home two days a week and that's it you need to really come up with almost like a a proposal a you know and something a bit more lengthy and detailed I think a justification I suppose and I think also thinking about yeah what 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 your employer may say in response also reselling yourself back to the company obviously you know we've been in lockdown you've most people have still been working apart from some people who've been furloughed sadly etc but you know coming back and saying right this this is now what I want to do you could think about what skills have you have you actually gained in lockdown you know how have you managed to to work and school online and you know do everything else 
So you could present some of that back to the employer in terms of, well, I've dealt very well with this aspect of my role, you know, via when working from home, etc. So I think break it down, go into lots of detail. If you're somebody managing a team, for example, talk about how you've managed that team during lockdown. What skills have you used in lockdown? How have you ensured that the team remains engaged and focused and you know, on board still, etc. So I think it's thinking about all of those things and then almost reselling that back to the employer. And and I think that's, you know, then there's there's more there's more chance the employer will consider that and take it seriously. And, you know, it's it'll be harder for them to say absolutely no. But I think you need to be realistic in your proposal as well. So, I mean, it's interesting you talk about kind of what skills you might have learned because actually, you know, we have actually learned quite a lot. We, you know, a year ago, we never thought we'd be here doing this, working the way that, managing to work the way we have over the last few months. What skills do you think people have generally acquired, you know, from this kind of working from home? I think... Certainly stamina, for example. Uh, I always say this when I'm, um, I do this exercise when I'm coaching women going back to work after maternity leave and we talk about what skills some women, some women will lose their confidence as some people have done in lockdown actually. And I always say, look, think about the skills you've actually gained. And I think throughout this, stamina for me is a really important one, as we I sort of touched on before, but the ability to keep going when we, we didn't know when it was going to end. Think, and things were constantly changing on a daily basis, you know, different announcements. The news was, con- you know, changing all the time in terms of, you know, new dangers, new risks, etc. And it was a really tough time to, to just remain focused and to, to not sort of allow all of that to, to make you anxious, etc. And, and lots of people understandably did become anxious and, and lose focus but I think so many manage to keep the focus keep thinking about their family their their job and sort of you know that was that was amazing so I think that one is stamina focus you know a two a two and big also ones. from a practical level too you know having to essentially be everything you're you're the IT department you're the you know trying to work out how zoom works when it's not working how to fix the router when it's not working how to fix the printer which are often skills that you just don't have but and it's not so much about the skills of the printer but it's actually about problem solving with no one to fall back on and you're the only one that can deal with it otherwise you can't work no i mean i know technically i've advanced massively during this time you know i've had no choice i i, I often was will, will ask other people how to do things and but i've i've learned how to do lots of things and i think that's the case for many people and it's that gives you a certain confidence because you know now, well, I don't need to call the IT department. I can probably work it out myself. So I think that's, that's really good. I think obviously, as I sort of touched on, but being agile and flexible and being able to sort of go with the flow because uh, we, we, we had no choice. <laughs> we, we were no longer in control in a way. So having to relinquish control and, and let go and just be, you know, I think that was another one that, that came out of it for lots of people as well. So. Do you think the reputation of working from home has changed? Because, correct me if I'm wrong, but I always got the impression that when a new mother or a mother was like, I'm working from home on a Friday, the rest of the employees in the office were like, yeah, you're going to be having coffee with your mates on Friday. Working from home doesn't really mean working. And I do think that, you know, people have been so efficient and effective now having to work from home during the pandemic. Do you think that reputation has changed and people will take the idea and the concept of working from home a bit more seriously? I do. I mean, as I said before, I think things were changing anyway. I think 
women have done a very good job of proving that working from home can work and that they can remain effective and as engaged and do a, as good a job, if not better, when being allowed to work from home. So I think things were changing. But I, I truly believe that the view of that generally in the office will change of, of working from home because everybody's had to do it. I think sometimes there was judgment, maybe from people who felt they, they, maybe they didn't believe in working from home, maybe they felt that, that they couldn't ask for that because they maybe didn't have children or they, you know, there wasn't a reason for it. So I think that now those people have worked from home, that, that could change things in, the, in offices generally as well, the sort of view of it, the perspective on it. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's in many ways that's going to be a real positive for lots, of, for lots of people. But, yeah, I do think that, as we've sort of touched on, this, this, the skills that mothers needed in order to make working from home work was many, many had those and were, were doing that. So it's good that maybe others are going to see that actually now. So Yeah, and men too. In terms of your job, you obviously have been supporting women going back into the workplace after maternity leave and trying to help them find a way of working that works with both their professional lives and their personal lives. How have you found that the pandemic has affected the way that women, how they need support from you? What are they sort of asking? What are they needing support now as we emerge back into the workplace? I mean, sadly, the things that I've recently been asked for advice on are around redundancy because and redundancy when you're on maternity leave and the law around that. So, you know, that's going to be one thing, unfortunately. But I think otherwise, balancing home and work life is a massive one. It always was something I would be asked about when coaching, but I think that's become much bigger now for people. Any tips and advice and you know, any, any sort of co- coaching around that is, is something that's become needed even more. Well, Sarah, it's been so lovely to chat to you. I've really, really enjoyed it. It's a really interesting perspective. And I do hope that, you know, if something good comes out of this pandemic, I mean, I think there'll be a lot of good things, but I, I do hope that it has shown people that flexible working is often doable. And I, I'm, I'm sure having spoken to lots of people, you know, in, in a year's time, the workplace will probably look different and that might not be a bad thing. Um, Absolutely. Next, especially for women and, and for parents. Absolutely. I think it's, yeah, it's moving in a positive direction and that's good. Sarah, if there are listeners of ours who would like to get in touch or just learn a bit more about what, what you do, what's the best way of, of finding that out? I have a business called SNC Maternity coaching so you can go online and, and find that at www.snc.maternitycoaching.co.uk i'm also on linkedin if you look up sarah girth and we're moving into transition coaching that's becoming a big thing since the pandemic so maternity coaching is our specialism but transition coaching is also becoming becoming big so. and to talk to me what is transition coaching So, for example, we're being asked to do a lot of work with leaders who need different skills coming out of this pandemic. So as I sort of touched on, things like leading teams when you're working from home or managing people who are very anxious, quite understandably, people with more vulnerable people with health issues and going back to the office after such a long period of time, different skills are needed by leaders. So something that we're working on is coaching around that and how to ensure that leaders have these skills to be able to empower their teams and themselves. 
Perfect. Well, thank you so much. It's been really lovely to chat to you. You too. Um, as always, it's great to to speak to someone with such a lot of experience in the field. Um, and I think that, you know, certainly talking to women in the workplace, knowledge is power. Just understanding what your rights are, what other people are doing and how you can resolve problems means it's so much more likely that you kind of get what you want out of your working environment. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks, Marina. And thank you all for downloading another episode of The Parenthood. You can subscribe, rate and review us wherever you downloaded this podcast. You can also follow me on Instagram. I'm at marina.fogel. But from Sarah and me, thanks for listening and goodbye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.